Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today we are having Tom Hale back. He was with us last week as well, and he's going to be picking up where he left off on the Atlantic Infracoastal Way, which was right around Charleston, and taking us up through Norfolk. Before we introduce Tom, I do want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Tom Hill, welcome back to Great Loop Radio. Thank you, Kim. Glad to be here again. Yeah, and, and you, of course, were just with us last week, and we covered the Atlantic ICW um, and got about as far as Charleston, South Carolina. So our goal for today is to take it from Charleston and see if we can make it all, all the way to Norfolk with you, uh, which, of course, is mile zero, um, with you kind of pointing out the, the best stops and, and potential hazards along the way. So why don't we jump right in, and if you can go ahead and, and start off from Charleston. Okay. Um, first of all, I strongly recommend that cruisers in this part of the ICW have an iPad with Navionics charts. Navionics has a product called Sonar charts, which are crowdsourced charts, and I have found them to be increasingly accurate over the years, and in fact, in the last few days, they've proven to be very accurate. So okay, with that's that good, said, good advice. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that being said, Charleston is at about mile uh, 570. And uh, when you're in Charleston, there is there are several great marinas. The Charleston Marine Center was damaged in Hurricane Matthew, and unfortunately, it is not back up. Uh, so this year's um, class of of uh, loopers will have to miss that. But there's still other great marinas. Uh -huh. uh, Isle of Palms at uh, 457 has access to beaches and a nice little town. Once you get past Charleston and Isle of Palms, there is a, a, a three-mile shallow stretch just south of McClellanville between miles three, excuse me, 435 and 432. And you really can't take more than four feet of draft through there at low tide. So you just have to plan your trip. You either have to start from Charleston and, and, and catch an early morning high tide, or go through late in the day and um, catch a high tide in the afternoon, at which case you might end up at McClellanville for the evening. Now, McClellanville is a lovely, tiny little shrimping village with beautiful live oaks, very friendly staff at the marina. And the live oaks, one of them is called the Deerhead Oak, and it's 1,200 years old, they say. Um, so that's always a great place to stop, and there's a fish market where you can get fresh shrimp. Um, beyond McClellanville, everything is pretty straightforward up the ICW. At mile 403, you'll come to Georgetown. Um, Georgetown has a couple of marinas, restaurants, grocery stores, just a, a beautiful little southern town. If you want to anchor, there's a large turning basin up by the old steel mill, and that anchorage is much bigger and deeper than it shows on most charts unless you're using Navionics. I will also point out that 
people for the looper class of 2019 may not be able to use that because the steel mill may be back in operation by the end of the year. In any event, this year, please stop in Georgetown. You'll love it. And there is a unique museum there called the Rice Museum. It's about rice, which used to be a major cash crop in the area. I, I highly recommend you take a chance to visit the museum, get the tour from one of their docents. Um, it's amazing what history there is in that area and how many miles, thousands of miles of rice paddy ditches were dug by slaves. Leaving Georgetown, you head up the Waccamaw River, which most people will, will say is probably the prettiest stretch of the ICW. It's a deep, windy river through cypress trees and cypress groves. You can pull off almost anywhere and anchor. Uh, we, we usually find that we get up the river, we go past Bucksport. But if you need fuel, Bucksport Marina has very good prices on their diesel, and it's a fine little marina. Um, but we usually go past there and anchor in the Oxbow near mile 376. There's a boat ramp right near there, so you can take your dog ashore or go ashore yourself, stretch your legs. Beyond that is Osprey Marina at mile 373. Osprey is a very popular stop on the ICW. Sometimes it has very good diesel prices, but all the time it is absolutely perfectly protected. It is a deep, man-made keyhole marina with high land and high trees all around it. It's a terrific hurricane hole, and it's a nice place to leave your boat if you want to stop and uh, very protected. If you want to stop and go home, you want to stop and uh, visit people, it's just a super little marina. Now, beyond Osprey, you're starting to get into the Myrtle Beach area. Myrtle Beach has many, many good marinas. Uh, last time I checked, which wasn't long ago, Myrtle Beach Yacht Club had a very favorable diesel fuel rate. Um, you can check the fuel pricing on Waterway Guide um, and, and check for yourself. Many people stop in uh, Myrtle Beach and spend several days there. There's all the usual tourist things to do, and it's, uh, Myrtle Beach itself is a beautiful beach. So, um, Tom, be before we uh, uh, kind of continue north, talk a little bit about uh, the, the tidal concerns in this area. I know through Georgia and the lower part of South Carolina, we, and we talked about that last time, but we did talk about the uh, big tide swings of seven, eight, sometimes nine feet. At what point as you're heading north does that become less of a concern? Is there still as much of a shift between high and low tide in this area around Myrtle Beach no. as there is in, say, Charleston? No, no. Myrtle Beach is almost zero. The, the, uh, the last place you're going to see any tide will be Georgetown. There was very little tide of, of, of just a foot or two um, through the Waccamaw and up through uh, Myrtle Beach. And when you get out on the other side of Myrtle Beach, you'll be back in the three to four foot range. But the big six, seven, eight, nine foot tidal swings are in, um, in Georgia and South Carolina. Okay. So at this point uh, in the northern part of South Carolina, um, those with deeper drafts can start to relax a little bit and not worry quite so much um, that the tide's going to go out and leave them with seven feet less of water than they had. Correct. Correct. Okay, perfect. Exactly. Right. So, right. And, and the rumor is that there's going to be a bunch of dredging down in, in uh, South Carolina this year, but excuse me, in Georgia this year. However, I'm still a little bit suspicious about whether that will begin. 
Mm-hmm. That being said, when we get to North Carolina, we'll talk about some dredging that is about to begin there. Okay. So as you Great. come out of Myrtle Beach, uh, you will uh, you, usually you can go from Myrtle Beach to Southport in one day. The a North Carolina South Carolina borders at about mile three forty. Um, at mile three thirty is Shalot Inlet. This one is very shallow and very narrow right now, but a friend who went through there a week ago said there was a, there was dredge equipment on site, and we know that emergency dredging funding is approved for Shalot. I'll be going through there in about mm, a week or 10 days, but right now it looks like by the time most loopers get there, it will be dredged and easy peasy. Mm-hmm. A little further on, you'll go through Lockwood's Follies. I don't think they have funding for Lockwood's Follies. There's plenty of water there, but it was dredged last year and filled in by the hurricane. There's still good water, but you have to follow the uh, Coast Guard buoys and have the latest charts, particularly if you can use Navionics sonar charts, they'll show you the route through there. Then you get, as I said, one day out of, out of Myrtle Beach, you'll get to Southport at 309, mile 309. There are many nice marinas in Southport area. We like Southport Marina itself because it's a very convenient short walk to restaurants and shopping in the village. The village is a beautiful little town. Um, I would recommend while you're there, you try and visit Bald Head Island. You can either take your own boat over there or take a ferry, but it's definitely a worthwhile side trip. Yeah, and Southport actually is interesting to me because there are a pretty large number of gold loopers who have settled in Southport. Either were from there before they did the loop or did the loop and just found that such a charming little town. So um, certainly plan a stop in Southport. Southport Marina is actually a sponsor of AGLCA. Um, But check out its charm and look for some gold burgies on the other boats around you because there are several of them there at Southport. Absolutely. And one other little advantage of going to Southport Marina is Hank Pomerantz, a retired U.S. Navy meteorologist, and experienced cruiser has a briefing at six o'clock every night on the weather for the next few days and the um, conditions on the ICW going north from there. Uh, If you wanna go outside, he can give you the weather forecast and updates on the different inlets going north. So his six o'clock weather briefing, which is free, is everybody who attends it says it's one of the the most useful and informative pieces, sources of information in this part of the ICW. Excellent. Good to know. Yes, I highly recommend that. Now, as you come out of Southport, you're going to hit Cape Fear River. And the Cape Fear River can be snotty when the tide and the, excuse me, when the current and wind are against each other. It can get really nasty. So if the wind is blowing hard, check to see what the current's doing before you get out there. Uh, it's only six or seven miles up to Snow's Cut, but it can be miserable if tide, assuming the current and wind are against each other. Now, a hidden little treat just before you enter Snow's Cut is Carolina State Park Marina. It is. It can only take boats up to 40 feet. You have to reserve your slips through a website called Reserve America. But this is the only place you will see Venus fly traps in the wild. Venus flytraps and pitcher plants can be found. It took us 
four visits there before we actually saw them. But if you've never seen them in the wild, it's a cute little marina, very well protected, and uh, a nice little side trip. Beyond Snow's Cut, you start getting into, well, Carolina Beach. It's a, there are marinas in Carolina Beach. There's a mooring field, and you can get moorings for $20 a night. Uh, moving up the ICW from Carolina Beach, you do want to have up-to-date charts because there have been some changes to the ICW. All of this stretch was dredged in the summer of 17, and all the dredging was negated in the hurricanes of 17. But it's still passable. You just need to, uh, even at low water, you can make, make it. You just need to make sure you watch where the government uh, marks have been placed. Um, you'll get to, from Carolina Beach, by the way, is, uh, well, Carolina Beach State Park is at 297, and Wrightsville Beach is at 282. Everybody loves uh, Wrightsville Beach because of this restaurants, bars, activities, shopping. Many easy, easy in, easy out marinas. There is anchoring available. The trouble is right now the channel back into the Mott's channel back into the anchoring area is a bit skinny at low water. Again, like so many other places on the ICW, timing your approach and your departure for a rising tide makes all of it easily uh, easily doable. Uh, at mile 280, you come to Mason Inlet. Um, Mason Inlet um, has, you want to look at the U.S. Coast U.S. Corps of Engineers surveys and watch for the move markers, but it's uh, plenty of deep water. It's just sort of a, a W-shaped um, channel right now. Beyond that, um, you'll get to New River. Now, New River is a little bit tricky. Uh, if you look at a NOAA chart, this is one of the few, many places they took from many places from which they removed the magenta line, but here they put it back, and they put it back with a funny little dip in it. And you have to pay attention to either that one uh, source, NOAA, or one of the other uh, sources of information which give you waypoints through there because you, there is a shoal right at the top where the, uh, where the ICW makes a hard turn. There's no water if you don't know where the little dip is. So you want to watch that. In the New River area, which is at a mile, excuse me, 247, there is a Swan Point Marina, which serves fuel for shrimp boats and has very, very good fuel prices. I don't know what they are right now. I spoke to them last week. It was uh, two weeks ago. It was $2.50. As they said, as the weather gets warmer, the prices drop. They only have really two slips it's actually the fuel dock, so if you come in late in the day and get fuel, you can stay over for a dollar a foot. If you want to go beyond that, you'll come to Mile Hammock Anchorage. Now, Mile Hammock Anchorage is a terrific anchorage. It's in the Marine Corps base at Camp Lejeune. Uh, you will be there with probably 10 or 15 other boats, all cruisers, probably a lot of loopers. 
for, for anchoring on the ICW, it seems like everybody wants to be able to say they've been to Mile Hammock. That's at mile 245. When you leave question, Mile Hammock, go ahead. Sorry, a question about that area, because we do have get questions about that sometimes. Um, near the military installations, and of course they're at Camp Lejeune and in South Carolina along the ICW, we have some uh, places near Buford as well. Are, is there anything that loopers should know um, about where to go or where not to go as they're oh, coming closer to those military question. installations? Great question. If there, are, if there is live fire planned, there are warnings that go up and they won't let you through this area. There are phone numbers that are published in all the cruising guides and I should have had one at my fingertips for this call, but I don't. You should call the range officer in advance and just check the day you want to go through is open. Mm -hmm. My experience is the only way to get reliable information is to call the range officer the evening before you want to go through. That doesn't give you much chance if you have to make a different plan, but I have found that the um, notice to mariners information is not always accurate, and you really have to speak to the range officer. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah, to go right to the source, and um, you know, I'm sure most loopers would rather stay put at a, a safe anchorage or a marina than continue through the area and find out that there's a live fire exercise and they won't be able to proceed. So, sure. so you'll be at Carolina well. Beach State Park, you'll be at Wrightsville Beach, somewhere like that, and um, you call in that evening before. I believe the uh, range officers on duty 24/7. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never found a time when I couldn't get a, a call in, and um, last fall there were long periods when it was when the uh, ICW was shut down, mm -hmm. but that is unusual. It's unusual okay. not to be able to tra transit, but do call. Thank you okay. for bringing that up. Yeah. If you don't mind, Tom, let's take a quick break and play a message from one of our sponsors, and then when we come back, we'll pick up from there and continue northward. Very good. We'll be back in a moment. Thanks. Thanks, Kim. Did you know that every mile of the Great Loop is covered by Skipper Bob Guides? Its mile-by-mile -mile format is a great planning tool and essential at the helm. On the most popular routes and side trips, Skipper Bob covers preparation, navigation, bridges and locks, and the best places to visit. Skipper Bob guides are updated each year, and its website keeps you current with navigation alerts and cruising news. To check it out, go to skipperbob.net. Skipper Bob is a proud Admiral Sponsor of AGLCA. We're back on Great Loop Radio. Our guest again today is Tom Hale, who is an expert on the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway, and he is helping us know what to see and do and where to look out for hazards along the stretch. Uh, right now, we're actually in North Carolina, um, headed for Norfolk with this little tour we're doing today. So, Tom, why don't we pick up right where we left off? Okay. Uh, we last spoke about uh, New River Marina, which is at roughly mile 247. Mm-hmm. At mile 249, there is uh, the town of Swansboro. There are a couple of marinas there. It's a cute little town. It's, it, if you're going to need a place to stop, it's a wonderful place to stop. I don't recommend anchoring there. There's a very strong current. And on the flood current, you're just up current from a bridge. And if anything went wrong, you wouldn't have much time to correct it. So I would strongly recommend you go to a marina. The... Uh, town has a marina. It's not free, but the town's folk are wonderful. 
and there's restaurants and shopping and uh, it's absolutely a very secure place at mile 229. From there, you're practically on your way into uh, you're practically on your way into to Beaufort. Um, you're going to have to go through Bogue Sound. Bogue Sound is a long stretch of water with just regular red and green marks. There are long stretches where you're sort of feel like you're out all by yourself. It, there's nothing tricky about this. The ocean breeze comes in from the ocean and consequently the green side or ocean side of the channel may be a little shallower, may have a few shoal spots. So if there isn't a lot of other boat traffic, sort of favor the red side as you're going up towards Beaufort. There are um, a couple of different anchorages that you can go to in that area. Um, there's a Pelletier Creek, which only has room for one or two boats. And if you get caught in any bad weather, um, Spooner's Creek is a very nice marina, very secure, and it's not a very long hike to every type of shopping you could need, whether it's West Marine, Walmart, grocery store. So that's a that's a nice little place if the weather gets bad and you need and you need um, to do any shopping. But really, uh, uh, shoot, I didn't give you a mile. I didn't write down a mile marker for that. Well, that's just before um, Moorhead. Okay. And Moorhead is a very popular stop, as is um, uh, Beaufort. Where did I write down my Beaufort mile? Shoot, I didn't write it down. Uh, That's okay. We can kind of point people uh, in the right direction okay, to find that. Right. And you've, you know, right. We've been following Beaufort, right along. So. Every, everybody wants to. Everybody wants to go to Beaufort and stay at the town dock. Um, it's, it's that's fine. Um, it's it's a lovely town. There is a nice museum, and apparently, if you go to a museum and say you're staying at the town dock, there is a loaner car there. Uh, somebody said it's called the Purple Beast. In any event, there is at the Marine Museum. A, a loaner car a, was a loaner car available to cruisers. And it I'm looks like suggest, Beaufort is about mm -hmm. mile 198 from what I'm I'm looking up. Oh, that that sounds about right. Okay, good. And in Beaufort, though, on the in in Town Creek, there is a newly renovated marina called Homer Smith's, and we stayed there this fall. And I don't I'm not advertising for anybody. I get paid nothing, but when you pull into Homer Smith. There's no, no current, which you get a lot of in the uh, in the town dock. It's only three block walk from the water, town waterfront. It costs less. And last fall, everybody's overnight dockage included two to three pounds of fresh caught shrimp because it's Homer Smith Shrimp Dock. Uh, very friendly staff and very easy in and out. And it's just off the ICW. In any event, I think everybody wants to spend a day there, a day or two there. It's a cute town. Um, from there, you're going to head up Adams Creek and into the towns of North Carolina. Uh, probably the first place most people want to stop is Oriental. You come out of uh, come out of Adams Creek, cross 
the uh, Noose River. If you wish to see Newburn, you would go left, west, up the Noose River. Um, but Oriental is a very popular cruising spot. It, they have a uh, they have two different docks with up to four or five free overnight dockage spaces. During the height of the migration, it's pretty busy. For trawlers and other powerboats like loopers, it, there's a great little anchorage in Smith Creek under the bridge, which sailboats can't access. And in Smith Creek, there is either Clancy's Marina, or you can anchor with two different uh, public floating dock, dinghy dock, and you're right in the heart of town. Um, if you need groceries, Piggly Wiggly has opened a store in Oriental and has a shuttle for cruisers. Everybody who goes to Oriental has to, of course, get a cup of coffee and a breakfast baked good of some sort at the Bean on the on the waterfront. Um, there are other places you can stay in the Oriental area, but they're not really in town. Uh, if the weather is bad, the uh, marina at River Dunes is a beautiful marina. It's a hurricane hole. You can't go wrong staying there, but you also can't get into, you really can't get into Oriental. It's a long way, you have to have a car. Okay. All right, now from Oriental, you have two choices to make. Are you going to take the Pamlico Sound route and go out to the Outer Banks, or are you gonna continue inland, go up to Bellhaven through the Alligator Pungo Canal, through the Alligator River, and up to Elizabeth City? The, each route has its advantages. The most scenic route, I think, uh, is to take the Pamlico Sound route and visit Ocracoke Island, which is uh, on the Outer Banks. It's a spectacular island. You can rent golf carts. You can rent bicycles if you don't carry them. Lovely beaches, uh, nature preserves. Uh, and if you're a, if you have a National Park Senior Pass, it's only 60 cents per foot per night for stockage. Uh, from Ocracoke, you would then go over to Manteo on Roanoke Island. And Manteo is another lovely uh, Outer Banks town. There you can rent a car from there and drive to Nags Head. Um, and it's very easy to walk across the street to a grocery store. The, uh, there's a, a lot of history and what uh, the Elizabeth Gardens and whatnot in Manio make it a very popular tourist destination. And this Outer Banks trip is one that Christina and I prefer. But if you decided to go uh, inland, you would go uh, up the, uh, hang on, let me get the names right here. You'll go up up the Pasquotank, nope, got that one wrong. The Pungo River to Bellhaven. Now, Bellhaven was a lumbering town, and it's it's trying to come back. But there are several nice marinas, and they have if they're out of town, like Dowry Creek, they have a loaner car. If they're in town, like River Forest, they've got loaner uh, golf carts. But 
you can also stay at the town marina. Uh, there are two of them. There's one called the Cooperage, which is free. However, it's got no water, no electric, and it's a bit of a hike into town. Whereas the town dock marina is right in the heart of town. It can only take boats up to 40 feet because the channel's narrow and you have to turn around. Uh, but the price is very reasonable and you're right in the heart of Bellhaven. If you've cruised the ICW and you've eaten at many different fine restaurants, I'm going to tell you this. You haven't yet had dinner at the nicest, rest, the best restaurant on the ICW unless you go to Spoon River Artworks in Bellhaven. Yes, Spoon River Artworks is a restaurant. We were in there last spring with a couple of other boat loads of loopers. We all ordered something different. They all were delicious. The presentation was amazing. And here you are in this little backwater town. The restaurant is crowded every night. The food is delicious. Okay, so from from there, you from Bellhaven, you head up. You're at mile 135, and you head up the Pungo River into the Alligator Pungo Canal. Alligator Pungo Canal is known for one thing, and that is it's the biggest self service dead spot on the ICW. <laughs> However, it's it's only about a two to three hour run, and then you get out into the Alligator River. Uh, there are many anchorages if you if your timing is right and you want to anchor. A lot of people though do like to head up to get into the vicinity of the Alligator River Swing Bridge, about mile 85, where there is a marina, Alligator River Marina, recently changed hands. Um, it, there's a restaurant there. Uh, there's not much else in the area, but if the weather's nasty, it's a great place to hang out and get ready to cross Albemarle Sound. And Tom, before we cross the sound, um, sure. there's been some chatter this week, particularly the, the past weekend, that that Alligator River Swing Bridge was broken and, and stuck in the mm -hmm. closed position. We have mm -hmm. since, you know, heard that it is back open, but there did seem to be some speculation that perhaps it was a temporary fix. Um, so at the time of this recording, it is open. Uh, but for those loopers who perhaps are concerned that it may close again, um, it's unfortunate if you can't go that way. But there is, of course, as Tom was just describing, another path. So it doesn't close off your loop and make you stop and wait. You can take um, the Outer Banks route through Ocracoke that Tom was describing. That's correct, right, Tom? That is correct. And and once you're at Mateo, you you, or at uh, Alligator River, mm -hmm. uh, and unfortunately, you can't call ahead and see if the bridge is going to be broken when you get there. Right. <laughs> you know, and they just uh, finished rebuilding it. It's not supposed to be broken. Exactly. Uh, um, we did post the. Um, uh, the bridge's phone number in our forum today, one of our sponsors of yes. uh, River Forest Marina that's nearby there, um, mm -hmm. gave us kind of the, the heads up that it was open again with the bridge tender's number. So if you do have some mm -hmm. concerns, um, that is has been posted to the forum, um, but hopefully this is a, a permanent fix, especially since it is a newly repaired bridge, um, and that should do it. But if you have any concerns, there's the number there in the forum. Right. I, I posted the 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 breakdown because friends of mine were right at the bridge when it broke mm -hmm. and I talked to the bridge tender and he was, he was pretty glum about the prospect. <laughs> it turns out they fixed it right away. Yes. But I called all day long trying to get an update and I got a busy signal all day long. A lot of people were trying to, trying to get the answer. 
I'm sure. And I think it, it is because it seemed to be pretty glum about the prospects of how long it would be closed, and then they were able to fix it quickly. So that was good news for well, everyone. You, you know, Kim, most of these bridge tenders and lock tenders enjoy their jobs, and they enjoy mm-hmm. cruises, and they enjoy meeting people. And when their equipment's broken, they just sit in there twiddling their thumbs. You know, they're not very happy. So this poor right. guy was really anxious to have, help people, and he couldn't do anything. Well, and now it, now um, it's open again, so that's that is good news. We are start yeah. running kind of low on time, but I do want to see if we can finish to get through to Norfolk. So let's kind of continue from where okay. we left off there at Alligator sure. River. Whether at Alligator River or you're at, we left you at at Manio, you now have to cross mm-hmm. Albemarle Sound. It right. can it's only it's only a couple hour run, but it can get snotty in a northeasterly. So you do want to watch the weather and plan accordingly. Generally in this area, the wind dies down at night and picks up in the day. So an early morning start will usually get you across the Albemarle Sound. You have two choices when you cross the Albemarle Sound. One is the Pasquotanka River, which leads to Elizabeth City. Elizabeth City is the home of the famous Rose Buddies. And any night when there are five or more boats, they will serve beer and wine, tell you some history of the area, and there's a rose for the ladies. This is the 35th anniversary year of it, um, and they're trying to revitalize it. Uh, I highly recommend that stop free docks, several free docks, many free docks in that area, and then you are heading up the Pasquotank River, another glorious Cypress River, to the Dismal Swamp Canal. If you haven't visited the Dismal Swamp Canal, you should. I think if you draw over five feet, you shouldn't. The secret to getting through there without hitting anything, quote unquote, is to go slowly. There is a speed limit of five knots. If you go through there at 25 knots and you get to the far end, the lockmaster Robert will tie you up and you will wait there until you are at the right time had you come through at the right speed. <laughs> okay. Um, everybody likes to, and I recommend that you stop at the Welcome Center in the middle. There is a, a museum there, a natural history museum, a boardwalk, and you'll pass, spend a night there and then come on out at uh, Deep Creek Lock, meet Robert Peak, who knows everybody who travels the ICW, and from there you're just a few hours run from mile zero and north. Now the other option, which you can take from either uh, Manteo or Alligator River, is to go up through Coin Jock. And Coin Jock is interesting to visit because whoever heard of a town called Coin Jock? And that makes it interesting. And there is a marina there with good fuel prices, Coin Jock Marina, and very good prime rib dinners. So a lot of people like to go up the North Landing River, the North River, and into Coin Jock. And the sort of the, they call it the Route 1 into North Landing River, into the uh, Virginia, uh, the Albemarle Virginia Canal, Albemarle Chesapeake Canal, and over to um, Atlantic Yacht Basin at mile 10, where you they have in-water storage. If you need to leave your boat for for a extended period, in, in-water freshwater storage. And again, from there, you're practically into Norfolk at and mile zero at Portsmouth. Perfect. So that was a very rushed trip up the ICW. It was a couple of um, a couple of short questions for you, Tom. Um, first of all, we've talked extensively about the fact that there was a lot of hurricane and other storm damage 
to this area. Um, most of the damage was done with the 2017 storms, which kind of undid some previous uh, dredging, as you mentioned. So at this point, um, you know, looking a year, a year and a half out from those storms and, and the majority of the damage, um, where the waterway maybe hasn't recovered or where there were um, some shifts in the channel, have you found um, from your experience that the aids to navigation are pretty well um, on station and have been relocated if they needed to be? That's a great question, Kim. Yes. And that's important for everybody to understand. The Coast Guard is, and Corps of Engineers working together have been very good at moving the marks. And it's very unlikely that even if you have the most up-to-date charts, which you must have, it's very unlikely that all the marks will be correct on the charts. You need to keep your eyes ahead and follow the marks that are shown as you see out the pilot house windows. Right. And like we always like to say, two eyes looking forward is the best navigation aid you're going to going to have out yeah. there. So make sure you're not just relying on your electronics. You're actually aware of what's happening around you as well. We all kind of get to that point in the day when we're staring blankly at the screens in front of us. So make sure you're, you're looking yeah. on the horizon as well and looking for those aids to navigation along the way. The other question, and this is going to be probably a little bit more difficult for you to answer um, because everybody has a different cruising style, but assuming, you know, kind of an average loop or distance of about 50 miles a day, um, if we were to start from Charleston, where we started today, heading towards Norfolk for the AGLCA rendezvous and leaving some time to see the sites, roughly how long would you give yourself if you were uh, kind of on a time frame to be in Norfolk and we're leaving Charleston? I would say uh, you can do it in three weeks. Okay. I, I like to stop along the way. If I get out to um, Okafoga, I'm going to stay a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, there are so many side trips I haven't gone into. Um, you know, you're, 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 we're all in a hurry to get up to Hudson and get out the Erie Canal and get going. And we pass by so many great opportunities along the ICW and North Carolina has got what they call the Albemarle Loop, with mm -hmm. I think seven different towns with free docks and um, wonderful small towns to explore. Uh, if you if you have the time, I strongly recommend that. Uh, but all the way up from Charleston, there are so many little towns. We've mentioned Georgetown. We've mentioned McClellanville, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and then big towns like Myrtle Beach, and then small towns like Swansboro. Yeah. So I guess the bottom line of uh, folks who are, are headed for the rendezvous is leave yourself as much time as you can so you can enjoy the trip northward from here. Um, and we'll certainly be keeping you busy at the rendezvous. So take a nice leisurely pace um, to arrive in Norfolk when we start on April 30th. Um, Tom, any Kim, last I'll be, thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I'll be sending you more updates as I go along. Um, you'll, you know, I send them to you and you can post them if you wish. Yeah, excellent. And I, I would just remind everybody that the, Navionic sonar charts have proven themselves to be remarkably good coming up the ICW this spring. And from what I'm seeing, uh, I'm doing some beta testing on some navigation software. From what I'm seeing, even in places like Lockwood's Folly and Brown's Inlet and others, the, the Navionics charts are pretty quickly getting the new bathymetry and, and making it uh, available. Awesome. Great news. And for those of you who don't know, um, Tom is actually in South Carolina on his way north on the ICW. So he can give us current, um, basically up to the minute information. So yeah, Tom, if you're willing to share that with me, I can pass sure. that forward. And I'm, and I'm and traveling with lots of loopers page. and having a lot of fun with them. 
a lot oh, of great movies I've met. Uh, Love yep. to hear that, okay. and um, hopefully we'll see you here in Charleston in a few days. Before we let you go, just give us the Facebook page that you share these updates on as well so we can get that out there. It, all right, it is Sale Magazine Secrets of the ICW Facebook page. Um, per perfect, and, and uh, we have uh, shared that recently from the AGLCA page too, so that makes it easy to find. Tom Hale, thank you for command. joining us. Yep, thank you for joining us, Tom. Luck. I know we kept you a little long today, so we appreciate you sharing all these details. Um, and we'll hope to have you back again at some point in the near future. Great, Kim. My pleasure yep. as always. Thank and you. Our Yes, to our listeners, thanks for joining us. Sorry for running a little bit over today, but we wanted to make sure you had that information as you're heading up the ICW. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. <laughs>